0: Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silouan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us, together, can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Silouan, great to be with you on this Wednesday. I'm feeling great. We won a bunch of basketball games last night with the boys and the girls. Everybody drove home happy. We do not have a Chick-fil-A near us, so we were up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and plenty of Chick-fil-A's, and two of my youngest got to get Chick-fil-A for the first time, so that was a little bit of happy after the game to celebrate with everybody. Yesterday, I talked about lessons that I had learned in Iceland, and it got me thinking about lessons. And then today, a friend of mine was telling him some good news I had, and he wanted to kind of know a little bit about the journey to get to the point that I got the good news that I told him about. And he asked me, you know, getting here, what was your toughest day? Well, man, my first thought was, how many tough days do you want me to tell you about? Because there's been a lot of tough days. But then I thought about one, that really stood out. I think maybe in an earlier podcast I'd mentioned it, but not in the detail that I will today. It was during the war, it was probably 2008, 2009. I knew that it was in my heart to help people, men and women, of all, not just soldiers, not just Marines, but anybody who had been through similar traumas that I'd been through. I've been working at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, going down there, mainly volunteering, mainly trying to get the word out, mainly trying to help. I got a message from a nurse, therapy nurse, at the Traumatic Brain Injury Clinic at Fort Bragg. and They were using my ladder-up materials with some of the soldiers there to help them develop cognitively after traumatic brain injury. And she wanted me to come down and give a talk. She said some of the soldiers wanted to meet me. I wanted to go to help. I also wanted to go to develop what I was doing. But when I brought the idea to my wife, we realized we really didn't have any money. And not only that, you know, we had two young kids at the time, and she was pregnant with our third. And looked at a bill on the refrigerator and realized that that night, literally the day that we were discussing whether I would go the next day, But that night, if our water bill didn't get paid, it was getting turned off. I mean, it was bleak. So much of what I had been doing to try to help and and, 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 and build what I wanted to do for soldiers and many others, you know, I was just doing it on my own dime. I wasn't getting paid anything. Totally volunteering, going into prisons. We're sitting there looking at that water bill. I feel like a complete loser. Not the last time I felt like a complete loser. And we got to decide do I go down there and use the money that we have to get down there? Or do we pay the water bill? And I wasn't going to make that decision on my own. And I'll never forget it's night, it's dark, my stomach's churning. I discuss it with my wife, we pray. She looks at me. (laughs) It's hard to talk about right now. She looks at me and she says, You got to go. And I went the next day, the water turned off, leaving my family. I get down to that base. Now at that time, the war security was very tight. You were not getting on a base like that unless you were invited. There was, you know, your name was at the gate. You could pass all the security. Well, unbeknownst to me, this nurse that had asked me to come, the last minute had to go somewhere. And not only did she forget to tell me, she forget to told, forgot to tell the base that I was coming. So I get there, I drive up, give him my name, give him my ID, and they go, you're not on the list. You can't come on board. Couldn't get a hold of her, didn't know where she was, didn't find out until a few days later. And I had to turn around and drive back all the way from North Carolina to my home in Indiana, knowing that, I had just used most of all the money that we had left and the water was turned off. And I did not know how we were gonna get it turned back on. What I found out when I got home was that my wife had begged to give us a day or two. They gave her like another two days. Luckily it was a small town and they had some mercy. We sold some stuff found some money and cushions, literally. I mean, we were down to like, we need 25 cents, how are we going to get it? That was a bad day. That was not a good day. It's hard to think about it now without being in pain. And it hasn't always been easy since. It's not easy now. But I learned a lot from that bad day. I learned a lot that I'm grateful for, that has made my life what it is. You know, Last night, taking my kids to that basketball game, making the time to help run that program, to volunteer, watching my 9-year-old play, watching my 11-year-old girl play, watching my 13-year-old play, watching my son uh, Jude play and coach him. After the game, everybody excited, taking him to that Chick-fil-A, driving home, getting home late, all together. Everybody at home waiting up for us. I don't know if I'd have a life like that if my wife and I hadn't had that prayer around that table. If we hadn't suffered. All that suffering, all that prayer, what did it teach me? And I see it as I get older and I see people that don't have it. There's only a few things in life, only a few things in life truly worth suffering for, focusing on. Your faith, your family, in your relationships. And that's about it, that's about it. You put money ahead of those things, you put work ahead of those things, you put yourself ahead of those things, and as you get older, you're gonna find the real meaning of suffering. Loneliness, lack of hope, lack of relationships, lack of belief, lack of loved ones. And there's no do-overs in life, y'all you don't have that, you're going to be in trouble. Now, if you don't have that right now, you can always find it. You could be 80 on your deathbed. You can still find faith. You can find love. You can find relationships. Maybe it's the person that's coming to care for you. You're in your 40s. You're in your 20s. You're in your 30s. doesn't matter where you're at and how you got there. But if your life does not reflect that your priorities are on faith, family, and relationship, you can always turn that compass in another direction. But more than any of my messages for those of you that are struggling, that struggle to manage work and all those things, maybe that struggle to manage old age, maybe you struggle to manage your health, it's worth it. It's worth whatever you have to do, whatever you have to sacrifice to live the life that you know you and your family need to live. Now, I look back on that example and you say to yourself, well, how did you go in to do that, focus on your family and not going down there to do that? You know why? Because my family had decided that's who we were. We were going to be a family that led a life that mattered in a deep way, living our faith, helping others, focused on relationships, That's who we were. And we knew if we lived that way, it would preserve our faith and our family and our relationships. The only way I could make that trip was sitting around the dinner table with my wife together, holding hands, crying, praying together. Because that's who we are. That's who we are. That's who we remained. That's who we are to this day, and I'm grateful for it. You'll find more value holding hands with somebody you love and praying than in anything else you'll do, and then you could be assured whatever that prayer leads to, whatever decisions you make are the right ones, are the right ones for you and your family and your relationships and your community and everybody. Few people do that. You need to support the ones that do. If you see a good cause, if you see good work being done, support it. Help them. They have probably sacrificed something, been through some hard times to do what is right. Few people are willing to pay that price and we need to help them. I wouldn't be here without the people that have supported me throughout all of this. I wouldn't I wouldn't be here without my parents and my relatives and my friends. Wouldn't be here without them. Most people are that same way. You see a good work, you support it. You spread the word. You let people know about that good work. And if you're doing the good work yourself and it's hard, let me tell you, it's worth it. But do it in prayer. Don't do it on your own effort. Do it in prayer. Do it in relationships. Be willing to let people help you. Your toughest day doesn't have to be your toughest day. Your toughest day can be the day that you really learn how to live and what is important. And for that, I give thanks for my toughest day. So until next time, my friends, aim high, do the right thing, focus on the right things, whatever it takes. Spread your wings and keep your eyes on the things that matter. Your faith, your family, your relationships, a basketball game, the look in your children's eyes when they bite into that first Chick-fil-A and go, man, I can't believe how good these French fries are. That's a good day, and it is worth it. I'm your host, Silowan. Until next time, which will be tomorrow, Thursday, as we blast through the week with one jolt of hope after another. Peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on the Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.